Come on, take a few minutes here. Love him. Hallelujah, who first loved us. Lord, we praise you in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Everybody's clapping. Let's just clap a little louder in this place. Hallelujah, you love me anyway. I don't deserve you, but you love me anyway. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Praise the Lord. They tell us that a tuning fork is set to a number called A440, and a skilled piano tuner can take a tuning fork and strike it and tune the entire strings with that one tuning fork. Then take that same tuning fork and go to another piano and tune that whole piano and both pianos be tuned together. This is what tonight is. Tonight is you and me getting in tune with the Spirit so that this week when the Holy Ghost begins to fall, we don't have anything but a fast track to a move of God. Hallelujah. Anybody ready to get in tune with the Spirit tonight? Speak Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Pastor Bounds, if you'll make your way, you can return to your seats. I've been blessed to know Pastor Bounds for, for quite a few years. Pastor Bounds is the pastor in Zanesville, Ohio. He's a church planner. He is a tremendous preacher of the gospel. And uh, he is a tremendous friend. And we are so glad to have him here tonight. Uh, been blessed to know him for quite a few years. The thing that impresses me about Pastor Bounds is that his consistency with truth, his consistency with the gospel message, his pow power with God is so wonderful, and we're glad to have him in Indiana camp. Amen. As we're getting ready, I know camp officially launches tomorrow, but let's get tuned up tonight. Amen. How many is ready to hear the preacher? Ready to get tuned up with the Holy Ghost. Ah, stand one more time and let's welcome the presence of God. Amen. And Pastor Bounds as he comes to deliver the word. Obey God. Thank you. Appreciate you so much. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Come on, go ahead and clap your hands and shout. Why don't you shout hallelujah right now? Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Praise God. You, you may be seated. Amazing 
grace, how sweet the sound. Oh, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. Oh, but now. <laughs> oh, I was blind. But now I see. <laughs> ago. It says, in sin I wondered, sore and sad, with a bleeding heart and an aching head. But Jesus came, sweetly said, I'll take your sins away. Oh, thank God. Oh, for the blood. Come on tonight. Oh, thank God for his saving blood. Thank God. Somebody say with me. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, there is power, wonder-working power in the precious blood Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood. Hallelujah. Oh, there is power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Oh, and what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood. Woo! Yes, and what can make me whole again? Oh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Clap your hands and praise him on this Monday night. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. 
He saved me just the same. Come on, has he ever done anything good for anybody in the building? If he has, shout hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Glory, I feel an old-fashioned touch of the Holy Ghost here tonight. Look at your neighbor and say, I've got that Holy Ghost down in my soul, just like the Bible says. Somebody say, I've been to the water. I've been baptized. My soul got happy, and I'm satisfied. Anybody feel that way tonight? I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. I've got the Holy Ghost. Praise God, praise God, praise. Oh, I think somebody clap your hands and lift your voices and shout. For he's been good to me. He's been good to me. I started, started preaching yesterday and something came over me. In the middle of my preaching, I started saying, it's a hand clapping, foot stomping. All the young people are just looking at me. Tongue talking. Look at your neighbor say, it's a tongue talking. Pentecostal. Apostolic church. I said, it's a hand clapping. It's a foot stomping. It's a tongue talking. It's a Holy Ghost filled church. If you believe it, say Amen. Oh, one more time, shout the way you want to. There is victory in the building. There's an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in this camp meeting on the first night. There really is. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't know about you, but I'm going to have a breakthrough tonight. Tell somebody next to you, I'm going to have a breakthrough tonight. Turn around to somebody behind you and say, you're going to have a breakthrough too and you need it. Amen. Praise God. Esther chapter 9. Esther chapter 9. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. I do. I feel I'm among victorious people. I really am. Tonight, if you want the Holy Ghost, you can have it tonight. You need healed, you can be healed tonight. Whatever you need, you can receive it tonight in this camp meeting. Praise God. Uh, the book of Esther, chapter 9, verse 24. Go to see, it's so good to see the Hopkins family. Brother Sitton Hopkins, they're certainly so talented, gifted, pastored in the same city we did. So honored to see them. As soon as I pulled up the campground, they were here. Such an honor to see them. My my friend, Brother Luke St. Clair, good to see you out there tonight. And uh, my father-in-law's here tonight. Appreciate him. Thank you for letting me marry your daughter 20 years ago. Amen. And uh, one of the finest men you'll ever meet, Brother, Brother Jerry Tuckett. I'm so thankful that he's here. Many, many years ago, uh, I, I actually, I told someone today, I, I don't remember not knowing Pastor Tim and Faith Gill. I, I just don't ever remember a time in my life not knowing y'all. And uh, I think one of the first meetings you preach, you preached for my dad when I was four years old, I believe. And, and uh, you have always been one of my favorite preachers. And I want to say to you that in those key develop time, developing times of my ministry, that your voice, it was your voice 
that caused me to submit myself to God and say, I'm going to be a preacher. This is a, a key moment that I was going from temporal to eternal things. Career over calling. You preach about the root word of priest. means a bridge builder. And I was in an engineering school to be a bridge builder. And you preached that at Charmco, West Virginia. I went home and I cried. And I told the Lord, I said, I'm going to be a bridge builder between God and men. Thank you. I love you. And uh, I sure love the Lord tonight. He's everything to me. If I could say one thing to the young people before I move on. I know it's family camp. It's camp meeting. But uh, uh, I just celebrated 20 years of marriage. And, and uh, this, this, I've been preaching since I was 11 years old. And I'm, I'm getting ready to turn 44 next week. I don't regret one day of living for the Lord. My cup runneth over. I've never been happier. It's a good life. Somebody say it's a good life. Before we read the text, I just want you to elbow your neighbor, just bump him a little bit and tell him we're going to whip the devil tonight. Amen. He's had a bad day. Verse Esther chapter 9 verse 24 and uh, Bishop Walls, I honor you. So thankful for you. Because Haman the son of Hamadatha. Everybody say Haman's the devil. You've called your sister that a few times, but everybody say Haman's the devil. He's the Agagite. He's a descendant of Agag, the guy that Saul should have killed. When God says to get rid of something, he knows what will happen if you don't get rid of it. He produced Haman, years later, come out of, the, out of his lineage. And he says that Haman, the enemy of all the Jews. He's an enemy of everybody in this room tonight. There's an enemy of the soul. When I would do good, evil's present. I know Paul's talking about sin within our members, but it's what fuels that. There is a spirit. There's a spirit. Let me, let me just deal with something here for a minute. There's a reason that some of you are suffering emotionally. And the reason is because you understand the presence of the Spirit of God. You understand what goes with that emotionally. That when Jesus shows up, when we feel the Spirit of Christ come into the room, we call that the Holy Spirit. When we feel the Holy Ghost in the room, we feel the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering. We feel the warmth. How many know what I'm talking about? But when a spirit or an unclean spirit shows up, you don't feel that. You feel hopelessness, numbness, depression, suicide, lust, anger, offense, unforgiveness. Because every devil shows up with an atmosphere. And some of you might not want to admit it right now, but you will by the end of the service. But the thing that you're dealing with and you think you're lost, you think you are not good enough, you, you feel like God's against you, it's not God's against you. You're just feeling the presence of a spirit that has a God that's against him. You're trying your best to worship already, but something in you does not want to worship wants to but can't seem you feel like you're shackled is because there's been a spirit in your life but I pray in the name of Jesus I command that spirit away from your marriage 
Come on, I come in the name of Jesus tonight to cast out devils. I've come here tonight to rebuke every, every opposing spirit in this room. You're not a has-been. You are not finished. I come to tell you you're fearfully and wonderfully made, and God has a plan for your life. Look at your neighbor and say, God's going to give you a breakthrough in your emotions this evening. Somebody say amen. Everybody say there's an enemy. Now, how many will be real with me and you know there's an enemy of the soul? How many has ever felt the atmosphere change? You say, what's going on here? What's good? I don't know why I can't move on yet. But some of you need to lock in tonight that God knows where you're at. Hallelujah. I, I, I want you to prophesy to yourself tonight and say, my cup is going to run over tonight. I wish somebody would shout. I wish somebody would clap your hands and say, my cup is going to run over. Watch what it says. It says, he was an enemy of all the Jews and had devised against the Jews to destroy. He's devised to destroy them. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to destroy you. You've stopped praying because he wants to destroy you. You thought about not going back to church because he wants to destroy you. You thought about walking out of the marriage because he wants to destroy you. He should have killed you before you got here tonight because God's about to give you a great victory before you leave here. Hallelujah. He should have taken your breath before you ever got to camp meeting because somebody's going to pray one more time. Somebody's going to access the throne of God one more time. Look at your neighbor and say, he wants to destroy you. Oh, i got to move on. There's such a heavy anointing in here. He said, that is the lot. They cast purr, destroy them. And they cast purr, that is the lot, to consume them and to destroy them. Is a day that was chosen. But when Esther, everybody say me, came before the king, he commanded by letters that his wicked device, which he devised against the Jews, should return up on his own head. Everybody shout, reverse the letters. And that he and his sons should be hanged on the gallows. Wherefore, they called these days Purim after the name of purr. I want you to lift your hands and ask God to speak to you right now. Everybody, every hand, every hand in the room stretched toward the king tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Come on, I know everybody in the building can feel the touch of the Holy Ghost that's in this room right now. Somebody ought to pray in tongues right now. Pray in the Spirit right now. Let the Holy Ghost begin to minister through you. Oh, there's a victory happening. There's some of you crying that hadn't been crying. There's some of you feeling the warmness of God and you're coming out of this cold season that you've been in. Jesus! Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. How many feel what I feel in this room tonight? I, I, I want to move on. 
But somebody's got to get like Paul that has the viper latched to your hand. And say, you're not, you're not sticking on me any longer. You've got to shake something off in this service in the fire. Come on, there's a fire that's been made for the serpent that's trying to destroy your heart. But somebody's got to say, enough is enough. I mean, you're not getting me anymore. I'm not going through. I'm not leaving in the darkness I came in. Is there anybody that feels that way? I've been battling the darkness. I've had opposing things again. But I'm shaking it off tonight. I'm not waiting till tomorrow night. Something is going to break tonight. Somebody shout right now. I really do believe if somebody was struggling and you jumped to your feet right now, you would be instantaneously delivered. Come on, if you've, been, if you've been struggling emotionally, jump to your feet and let God bring healing over you right now. Lift those hands and say in the name of Jesus. In the name. In the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Amen. Through this service, there are going to be three, three dimensions that's going to happen. During this service, I want you to reach out at whatever time and receive for what God has for you, what God has planned for you. Amen. Tonight, I'm going to preach about Esther's progression of faith. Esther's progression of faith. Nearly every theologian, if not all, every preacher, if not all, would compare that Esther is a type of the body of Christ or the bride of Christ. We would say that the, the queen of this world would be a, the, uh, the spirit of Jezebel. And so there's two types of brides really that you would look at. It's the bride of Jezebel or the bride Esther. And uh, Esther's pure and uh, we would compare her to the body of Christ. Somebody say amen if you believe that. With that being said, as Esther truly is the, the real Cinderella story, she was an orphan. Her parents died at a young age, and she was adopted by her cousin. Her cousin, uh, Mordecai, adopted her and raised her as his own. She became his. The Bible says she was obedient obedient unto him. Something happened is the king was about to choose a new bride, Ahasuerus by name, and he was not just a king, he was the king of kings. He was a king over 127 provinces in all of Persia. He was the king, everybody say, of Persia. It, it, was, it was sort of be like in Indiana, there's 92 counties, but you have a governor and in every county, you have a mayor. You, you have somebody that's over the state. Then you have, you have local leaders. All of those 127 provinces would have had kings of those. They would be considered a nation. And uh, Ahasuerus wasn't just a king. He was the king. The king is choosing the bride. When Mordecai hears of this, he, he believes in a strange land that what has been given to him is going to be used mightily by the king. And he chooses, he, he gets Esther and he says to Esther, you're, you're, I want you to try out for this. They've, they've, they've sent out a message for every fair virgin in the land. And uh, you know, Esther, there's something special about you. I can just see Esther going, 
I don't know what she called Maybe she just, just called him Mordecai. I don't know. Maybe she just called him pastor because I believe Mordecai is a type of pastor. Amen. Le- spiritual leadership. Somebody say amen. And uh, she, maybe she, she just looked at him and said, me? You think he would choose me? Oh, absolutely. If you only knew who you are. There is something special about you. And uh, he, he's, he sent out a message. You know, many are called, Esther, but few are chosen. And I just believe because of who you are that the king is going to choose you to be his bride. Well, he talks her into it and she goes and applies. And after six months of spices and another six months of bathing, and that's a lot of preparation, amen. An entire year of taking a bath. I don't, must have been some bad days, I'm going to tell you right now. But she, she goes and the Bible says she, she requires nothing more than what the chamberlain wanted. The chamberlain knew everything about the king, his favorite color, everything about the king. And she, she didn't choose fad or culture of what everybody else was doing. She just chose what the king would want. Somebody say amen. And what happens is, is when it's her time and she's put on the outfit, the chamberlain said, I think he would like this outfit on you. He would like your hair to be fixed this way. This is his favorite fragrance. This is his favorite color. When she went and stood before the king, the king said, I don't need to see anybody else. She had favor with the king and he chose her to be his bride. Can I say to you, when we live according to the word of God, that's the chamberlain. Everything in that Bible is not to keep us out of hell. It's to put us in favor with the king. And one of these days, when the roll is caught up yonder and the trumpet sounds, how many know he's coming after a bride that has made herself ready? I want you to shout, I want to please the king. Oh, she pleased the king, and, and uh, she, she is now married to him. And while being married to him, there's something that happens, and there is a man that rises up in power and, and seemingly has certainly authority in the land. His name is Haman. Haman is, has a ring on his finger that's called the signet ring, and He's got authority and somehow because a man by the name of Mordecai wouldn't bow and worship him. He decided to kill everybody like Mordecai which were all the Jews. Because one man wouldn't bend his knee. One preacher wouldn't compromise. One church in the city wouldn't give in. One organization that would not water down its doctrine. One man that said, I will not bow to anything that's not God. Can you say amen? When he wouldn't bow, it infuriated Haman because he's just like the devil. He, that demands to be worshipped. But I'm amongst the people tonight that said, I'm not going to bend my knee to anything that's not God. I'm not compromising my ways this late in the hour. I don't care what the devil says he's going to do. There's a generation. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't bow and Haman gets mad, furious. He's, he somehow appears to trick the king and sends a letter out. Going to kill him next year at this time. Chooses a date every June. Not just in Shushan. Not just in Babylon. He's going to kill every Jew in all 127 provinces. Every Jew. He's going to be destroyed. He's going to destroy every single Jew 
in the world. There, there is a plan of the enemy to destroy every single family in the church. That's why you're struggling tonight because you've heard what the devil is wanting to do. And some of you are living in fear of what he can do. Come on, you can't help but see culture and not have some element of fear and worry about your children that are in the church. Look where cultures, we have people, not only men identifying as women, women identifying as men. Now we've got children identifying as animals. They're called furries. It's ignorant, chaotic, confusion. They're living out cartoons and animation and anime. They're living out this trash that God, anytime you become animal-like, you are no longer in the image of God. You become godless. You become ungodly. I'm going to stop here. It might sound like I'm meddling. But the day you can't tell yourself no is the day that you become uncontrolled. You, you have no discipline. You become... Any human that has no limitations becomes animal-like. You better thank God for a mom and a daddy that says you can't go there. You can't wear that. You can't watch that. You can't have that. You're made in the image of God. Thank God for a pastor that says you're not like the world. You're not like them. Come on, are there apostolic young people in the building that would say, I want to be like Jesus. I want to please the king. I think I am meddling just a little bit. Thank God for somebody who says, we don't act that way. We don't dress like that. We don't go to those places. We don't watch that, and we don't listen to that. Because the king has something better for you than addiction, depression, fear, destruction, and chaos. Be seen in a moment. Mordecai hears this, and I've got, I've got to move on. But Mordecai hears what is going to happen to the Jews that next year at this time, every Jew in the world is going to be destroyed. That, when he hears of it, he, he takes his suit off. He, he, he takes, his, takes his tie off. Take your tie off. He unbuttons the collar. He messes his hair up. He gets to the floor. Down and by the gate. And all you hear was... <laughs> You're concerned. You look at him. He, he's not rejoicing. He's broken. When you look and see your pastor weeping and broken, there's a reason. He knows what's coming against the church. He knows what's coming against the sheep. He knows he know what the wolf wants to do. He, and he's broken and he's in sackcloth and ashes. And I, I understand sometimes preachers are in rare form. We don't understand why they get up and preach the way they preach. It's possibly because you don't know what they know. He knows the hour. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what Haman's trying to do. Listen to me. He stood for truth when everybody else was giving in. And he's heard what the enemy wants to do. But instead of giving in, he bends his knee to a mighty God and says, God, you can't let this happen to the church. You can't 
but not be done. There's going to be agony in the church tonight. Somebody comes and tells Hester, the bride, and uh, says, yeah, you can't get up. You're still, you're broken. You're broken. Pastor Gill, we need broken preachers. Have you heard what's going to happen? It's called intercession. The Bible calls it supplication, meaning pleading the cause of someone else. It's supplication. The end time, there has to be supplication in the church. There's got to get concern for people that are walking away. There's got to get concern for the attack against the marriage. I, I just feel this tonight. Somebody's got to have a tear. Your eyes have been dry too long. Somebody's got to have a tear. Somebody needs a loosened tie. Somebody needs to get on their knees and realize there's a Haman in the midst. There's a Haman that has a plan. There's a Haman that doesn't want these young people in the church. And the bride. Somebody says, have, have you heard about Mordecai? Esther's in the palace. Have you heard, have you heard about Mordecai, your family member? No. He's wearing sackcloth. He's down there mourning and grieving. She sends him clothes. She does read it. She sends him clothes and says, please, please don't act that way. Put on these clothes. Iron your shirt. Put a breath mint in. You know, iron your bags. Fix your hair. And uh, fix your hair. Stand up. And he sends word back to her. He says, how? You not her? Come here. Here he is, and she's hearing him. What's your name? You're scared right now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm sorry. You're Esther. And he says, Haven't you heard? He hands her the letter that says, This time next year, with the king's signet, Authority. The devil does have some authority. The prince and the power of the air. Spiritual wickedness in high places. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and the rulers of the darkness. The reason they're the rulers of the darkness is because there's no such thing as darkness. Darkness is just the absence of light. If we can just get light to show up in the darkness, there's no power. Listen, she reads it. By this time next year, every Jew in the world is going to be killed. And can I just take my time tonight? Can I just flow in the Holy Ghost? She reads it. And she sends word back to him. What do you want me to do about it? And he rejects the clothes. He tells the messenger, says... Go tell her that don't think that because you were Jew, and I realize you haven't told anybody you're Jew yet because the Bible says he told her not to tell her, tell her anybody that she was a Jew. And she obeyed him as she, was, as she did as, as in her youth. She was obedient. She was an obedient person. That's why God bless her. God blesses obedience. When your pastor says turn it off and you sneak and your parent, oh my goodness, I'm, you can't have favor if you're not obedient. 
I don't care if you fast seven days, pray an hour a day. If you can't be obedient, there's no favor in your life. She was obedient. And watch what happens when he tells her, he said, he said, Esther, don't you think that you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Don't you realize you're in the palace? You're an orphan, but you're in the palace. Don't you realize that you're in the kingdom for a right now moment? And he said, if you don't do, do something about it, he said, God will send a deliverer from somewhere else. Because God's not going to let his people be destroyed by the devil. Come on, Indiana. There's a revival for this district. God's waiting on somebody to get involved. That's what he wants. You have, you have power. He said, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to go before the king and plead the cause of our people. She says, hold on a minute. I haven't been invited. And everybody knows, everybody knows, stand right here, that if you go to the king uninvited, turn around. There, there's a law that if you walk into the throne room of the king and he doesn't hold out the golden scepter and let you come on in, they will execute you on the spot. Be seated a minute. Watch what happens. I, want you to, I believe you're special to the Lord. I'm talking to you individually. I believe there's something special about you. There's opposing things around you that are not comfortable, uh, almost seemingly against you. But you're going to thrive with an opposing things against you. You're going to thrive in an atmosphere that's not conducive for spiritual growth. God heard every prayer, and he's seen the sincerity of your heart. And if you will obey the Mordecai, your pastor, I promise you favor will come upon you and blessing and prosperity. I want you to lift your hands because you're not just here by accident. God has a plan for your life. Watch, watch. He said, I, I want you to go to the king. She said, but what if he kills me? The first step of faith, but really in the, in, in the progression of faith, the first, what I would call, in, in the level of faith, the first one is simply this. It's a fear of the king. You've got to have it. And I felt this earlier in prayer. That we can never lose fear of the king. Stand. What are you going to do if you stand in the judgment of God? And you appear and he doesn't put the golden scepter. He says, depart from me ye that work iniquity. I don't even know who you are. All the secrets, all the stuff in your life, the disobedience, you're not getting in. I'm going to tell you right now, there's got to get a fear of God. How about verses like this? How about verses like this? He that committeth willful sin, there remaineth no more sacrifice. How, 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 how about if the righteous are scarcely saved? Where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Can I tell you that you went to an altar of repentance because you did not want to go to hell. You didn't want God to throw you in the lake. You didn't want a, a, a fire. I'm preaching to you today. You got on your knees and said, God, please wash away my past. I don't want to be lost for eternity. We cannot lose the fear of the king. 
And that's what you see when she's going to the king. She's trembling. I want you to take your hand. It's almost just natural right now, isn't it? She's trying. Come up here with me, Esther. Everybody say, fear the king. Would you take your hands and tremble with me for a minute? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. She says, but what if he doesn't accept me? That's why we dress the way we dress. That's why we don't listen to some things. That's why we don't watch some things and there's some places we don't go because I want him. Come on. The spotted and wrinkled garment. No, 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 no. I've got to guard the garment of the of the bride. I just can't sit down in any circle. I just can't hang out with it. I just can't date anybody. I just can't follow everybody on social media. No, I've got to make sure he's going to accept me. He said, God's called you to go to the king. Okay, he said, put everybody on a fast. Because I realize what you're saying, Pastor. There is in this room tonight a call of God. In this room, you're 15, but you're not too young. There's a call of God in this room. Some even elders that feel like you're a has-been and you just showed up because you're looking over your life that you feel like there's nothing left. Let me tell you, you have access to the king. You're still the bride of Christ. We are collaboratively with the bride. You might be 15 or 85. It doesn't matter. You are the bride. You have access to the throne. I'm preaching to somebody right now. Turn off the news and get in the throne room of God and say, we need a revival. We need a revival. We need a, somebody jump their feet and shout, we need a revival in the land. I said, there's a revival. Come on, Grandma Hall. Your grandson's strung out somewhere, but you have access to the throne of God. You have the power to reverse the letter. You have power to reverse the addiction. You have power in your prayer. I'm preaching to some of you. You've got power in tonight to pray a prayer of deliverance. Be seated a minute. i got to move on. Watch this, Esther. Here's what she says. She tells Mordecai. She said, if I perish, I perish. That was a statement. Everybody say, a fear of the king. She goes in. Everybody's fasted for three days. No food and no water. She goes in. When they open the door and she stands before the king, she's trembling. She walks probably. Can you just slowly walk? Because you're afraid every step you're going to get your head cut off. Come on. You're afraid. You're fearful. You're not sure if he's going to accept you. But as soon as he lays eyes on you, he said, Esther. Oh, Esther. I'm sorry. I've been busy for 30 days. I just want to tell you something. I'm so sorry. I'm so glad to see you. Look, you wore my favorite dress. You got your hair fixed the favorite way. You smell good. Watch what he says. She thinks the king's going to kill her. And he said, oh, Esther, 
What can I do for you? Ask me half the kingdom. Half the kingdom belongs to you. That's why we don't pray because we're just trying not to go to hell. I'm going to tell you why we don't pray. Because we're just trying to live good enough to not die by the execution of the king. He's not wanting to kill you. He wants to give you half the kingdom. Can I say to every apostolic in this room, there's more to living for God than just not going to hell. There's more to this than just missing the lake of fire. There's more to this. When he said, I'll give you half the kingdom, something. She went from this, shrug those shoulders back. Come on now. She gets a little bit of an attitude. What can I do? Oh, she said, I've got a banquet. Would you do me a favor? I, want, I just want you to come to the banquet. And uh, I want you to bring Haman. Would you bring Haman with you? I want you to bring Haman. I want you to say, bring Haman with you. Say, bring Haman with you. Bring Haman with you. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll do it. She said, I'll have dinner prepared tomorrow. King goes and tells Haman, says, guess what? The queen has been here. Have a seat on the front row right there. The queen has been here. And she came today uninvited, but you know how much. You know how much she pleases me. How, how much. And, and guess what, Haman? She, she's making a dinner for just you and me. And Haman said, well, well. He started poofing out a little bit himself. He goes home and struts home and tells his wife. Guess what? But everybody in the kingdom, I'm the only one besides the king that's been invited to the banquet of the queen. And she's like, woo, aren't you somebody? He said, I know it, but I'm real humble about it, you know. He was so happy about it until he walked by the preacher. Bible says the joy in which he received by the invitation of her house was destroyed by one man who wouldn't compromise. And she goes home. Oh, he, go, he goes home and says, but there's a problem. You know that Mordecai, that Jew? He's still. Esther invites me, but he won't bow. She said, well, kill him. Just build a gallows and kill him. Just, just set the trap and kill him. They didn't just build a gallows. They built one 50 feet tall. I mean, you're mad when you build a 50-foot hangman rope. A device, the Bible calls it. There's devices all over Indiana. Planning on hanging the preacher. But the problem with Haman, he doesn't know who Esther is. He doesn't know who she is. He doesn't know what she's up to. And he doesn't know what she's capable of. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I feel like preaching to somebody. Hallelujah. And she goes the next day. He's, he's over here praying and seeking and fasting. And, and, and Haman goes the next day. He struts, he struts in there. I don't know. what They might have had fig pies and fig newtons. I don't know what Jews cook. But they had all this stuff to bake the, the bread. It was leavened and unleavened. I don't know. But you could smell the bread when they get in there. Mm, 
the king said to Haman, doesn't that smell? He said, I was just thinking that. It smells so good in here. Can't wait to have a bite to eat. They sit down at the table. They started eating. And the king says, Esther, you didn't have us over here just to eat. What do you want? This quiet, timid, meek lady that seems scared. She says, I've got something to tell you. Come here, come here. She said, the king has been deceived. She said, there is a letter out to destroy all of my people, including myself. So she told the king. And it started in the king's feet. It started burning all the way up to his heart. It showed up in his face when his face turned blood red. And he said, who is this man that would do this to my bride? And she didn't say with a quiet and meek spirit. You read it. She said, it's that wicked Haman. She's quiet. She's meek. She's been fearful. But there's a difference now between the fear of the king and now knowing the call of God on her life and what she has access to. She's no longer a lamb. Now she's a lion. Now she's got authority. Now she's got power. I want you to shout. She was meek and quiet yesterday. But today there's some boldness coming over her. She says, It's that wicked Haman. Come on, the fear of the king will always turn to the call of God. I'm not just not going to hell. I've got a purpose. I've got a destiny. I'm about to pray somebody out of bondage. I'm going to pray somebody out of I come to tell you, you've got favor with the king. You've got access to the throne of God. What you pray matters. What's on your heart matters. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to pray you out of that darkness. I wish there was a preacher in the building would lift your voice and say, I'm going to pray them out of that darkness. What was bold and what was haughty? Come here, you're going to be the devil. We got a preacher, we got the queen, we got to have a devil. You're Haman. When she said, it's that wicked Haman, he falls down into a bowing posture. He crawls up to her bed. What was so high and mighty with authority and destruction is now humbled before the meek, quiet bride of the king. She's no longer meek and quiet. She knows who she is. She knows what power. Come on, I wish somebody else would jump on your feet and help me preach. I'm going to pray a prayer that's going to bring deliverance to my generation. I'm going to pray a prayer that's going to bring power and authority. I wish somebody would shout. I wish somebody would rejoice. I wish somebody would magnify the king right now. He 
Come on, praise him, praise him, praise him. Satan, your kingdom is coming down. Satan, your kingdom is coming down. Satan, your kingdom. Oh, it's a handsome preacher to run up here and help me right now and say, it's over. Your day is over. You can't have my city. You can't have my family. I want you to shout, you can't have my mama. You can't have my mama. I wish there was a young person in here that said, you can't have my boxing brother. You can't have my unsaved grandma. You can't have my family. You can't have the, you can't. I appreciate your holiness. I appreciate your meekness. But it's time to get a hold of boldness tonight and say, I'm done. It's over. You can't have them anymore. There's a call of God in here. There's a call of God in this room. Come here. Come here. In Revelation, Revelation, the Bible says, I'm going to give you the key of David. I want you to say the key of David. In the key of David. He said, I'm going to set before you an open door that no man can shut. There's a key of David. And when God opens the door, nobody can shut it. He told Simon Peter, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth is bound by the king of heaven. That's what it means. Whatsoever you loose on earth is loose. Come on, I want you to praise him. I really do. I want you to create the atmosphere right now. That's how you get in the throne room. That's how you get in his presence. It's through praise and worship. Lift your voices right now to the Lord. Come on, every young person, lift your voice. Every elder, lift your voice. Come on, Grandma. I'm preaching about your grandbabies being delivered. Come on, Grandpa. Come on, Pastor. Come on, Sunday school teacher. There's a progression of faith. Would you hear me? Want everybody stop praying? Listen to me. She knew what it took to have the favor of the king. She was still afraid of the king. In essence, she knew to go see the king 
She had to put on holiness. She didn't go in their pajamas. She didn't show there in their, her dirty kicking, cook, cooking gown. She didn't show up with bad head, bad breath. That's what people do when they have no fear or respect for the king. That's how they dress and go to Walmart, but that's not how we go before the throne of God. Come on, I, I, I just feel this. I just feel this. We got to be per- we got to be careful to treat the king casually. You know what they said to me when I was a young person? Let's go ahead and do this, and we'll repent on Sunday night. That's no fear of the king. Esther, you're a man, but you're a bride. Collaborative. A fear of the king. He says, I'm going to wear what he wears, what he wants me to wear. I'm going to not put on what he does not want me to put on. You, you, you think it's a big deal, but they sanctified themselves for a year before ever showing up. And you want to watch video games and listen to music of lyrics that you could never live out and watch movies that you could never act out. Listen to me. Don't ever turn a horror movie on in your home. Don't, Don't clap. Hold on. Don't clap. Don't clap. I'm not trying to get a response. But what you do, the only place in the Bible I find the word entertainment is when you entertain angels unawares. It's talking about holy angels. Had one come to me in the airport one year ago and walked three feet from me. An angel of the Lord walked that far and then disappeared. Angel of the Lord. If you can entertain angels, you can entertain fallen angels. And when you, listen, and when you turn on those horror movies, it's going to be followed by a spirit of fear. You turn on vampire movies, you're going to feel like dying and be followed by sensuality. Can't get lust out of your mind. Can't get depression out of your mind. You know what it is? Because you open your door to a spirit that God never intended to be in your house. You can't pray because you're struggling. You can't pray because you don't. We're not given to a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. I brought a video game in my house when I was a boy. Don't respond to this. Just listen to this. I brought a video game when I was 14. I played it at Pizza Hut. Brother and I went to a game store. I don't know if the GameStop was even then. It was on a Sega Game Gear. Y'all know what a Sega is? It's more advanced than Atari, but it was the first remote video game player. Battery operated, double A batteries. And I bought a game called Mortal Kombat. Brought it into my house, snuck it in. Because I know what Frank Bounds would do. 
he wakes up in the middle of the night as the guardian of the home, the high priest of the house. And beside his bed, there was a spirit, demonic spirit, standing beside his bed. He said, I could see. It was like transparent. He said, I said, he said, I woke up by the Holy Ghost. And I said, who are you? What are you doing here? He said, disappeared. He said, the Holy Ghost led me through the house. He found the game. Pulled it out of the hoe in the river. He said, boy, don't you ever bring something in this house that brings a spirit in my home. Hold on. We're spiritual when we're talking about the Holy Spirit. But we're logical when we talk about an unclean spirit. That's why some of your marriages are struggling. There's no emotion because you got a spirit in your house. And you can't do what God's calling you to do because you've entertained things that now you have no authority over. What you entertain yourself with, you have no authority. I'm not meddling. I am in the vein of the Holy Ghost for an end time revival right now. I can hear your questions very clearly. I haven't been able to break through in prayer. I haven't cried in months. Don't even want to fast. I read five verses and I'm done. Why? Because you're entertaining things. My dad said, get, that, get the book out of that video game and read it. I read it. In the back of that game back then was seances. On, on the back was seances on how to conjure up spirit. It was in the video game playbook. But I had a Holy Ghost-filled Holy Dad that could discern things that were not conducive for Esther to be the bride of Christ. What I'm preaching to you, there is a revival in Indiana. I was preaching in Indiana just a few weeks ago, and there's a powerful anointing. But there is a revival. Why are we entertaining ourselves with things that the first church in the book of Acts burnt in the fire? Witchcraft and sorceries. They don't belong in your life. See, right now when I preach like this, I can feel, I can feel the flaring of the spirit that comes from that that says, hold on a minute, you're exposing me. I rebuke every cold, unclean spirit in the name of Jesus. You have no place in the church. You have no place in the, in the phone. You have no place in the home. You have no place in the bedroom. You have no place in the car. You have no place in the mind. I command you to leave here in the name of Jesus Christ. I wish somebody would shout, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, somebody shout, Jesus. You say, what are you doing, preacher? It's that wicked Haman. That's what I'm doing. I'm pulling the cover off of that entertainment. I'm pulling the cover off of that device. It's not the will of God. He's trying to destroy your children. He's trying to destroy your young people. Lift your hands and say, God, I want deliverance tonight. I want deliverance tonight. Yeah. <laughs>
Come on, the Holy Ghost said to repent tonight. I want every person in this building. Come on, every person's building. God, forgive me for what I've entertained. Every person, every young person, every elder, forgive me for what I, forgive me for the stuff I've seen on social media. Forgive me for the things I've done. In the private setting of my phone, the private setting of an iPad, the private setting of a video game, God, forgive us. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be lost. Come on, somebody lift your voice. Some elder in the room. Some mom in the room. Some 15-year-old teenager lift your voice and say, God, I don't want to entertain spirits anymore. I want the Holy Ghost. Come on, everybody in the room knows what I'm preaching is true. Come on, there's a breakthrough in these young. There's missionaries and pastors and intercessors. There's an evangelist and prophets in this. There's apostles here. <laughs> I... Listen to me. When I went, went to Zanesville, I, I bent my knee. Went, went as a youth pastor, bent my knee. And I remember going to the prayer room, prayer hallway, and bent my knee the first day there. And I told the Lord, I said, I've preached for years, but I don't know how to pastor. I don't know what I'm doing. But I do know how to hear your voice. Would you speak to me? And the Lord said, here's what I want you to teach them in the first five sessions of your youth service. He said, I want you to teach on the boundary of the eye, the boundary of the ear, the boundary of the mouth, the boundary of dating, and the boundary of appearance. And I want you to first teach on the essentiality of boundaries and limitations. I thought for four weeks on boundaries, limitations, elder. Thank you for liberty to preach because I feel that. There is something here tonight that's very, very special, and I don't say that just to say it. I've taught four weeks on those things. Just don't date anybody. You just don't say anything. Just don't listen to everything. Just don't watch anything. You get, they've got to have limitations. At the end of it, I showed an old video that was back then was newer. Bishop Doug White had preached a message called The Truth About the Gospel Rock Live. He had talked about how they had synchronized carnality and spirituality in the same setting. They were having mosh pits and worship services. He talked about the spirit of it was carnality. I showed it at the end of that. When it did... Those young people laid on the floor and repented for 45 minutes. After church was over, parents were lying in the hallway waiting on their kids to get out of there. Not everybody was happy about it, but the right ones were. That was a Sunday morning. Sunday night, I preached it's time to clean out the house. And I got a trash can and a broom. I preached about 15 minutes. Talked about Brother St. Clair, Bishop, I'm talking about cleaning the house out, your mind out, your room out. And I told the young people that morning, I said, go get everything that's not like God that's in your world and bring it 
We're going to put in a trash can tonight. What they did at the end of that altar service, I had a big green trash can from the fellowship hall. It was a, one of those trash cans about that tall. They, they, I said, bring it in bags so nobody will know what you're putting in there, but God does. Boy, they filled 18, 19 young people filled that trash can full of stuff that wasn't like God, that was in the secret of their home. I drug that green trash can up to the top of that pulpit. When I got up to the top, I said, in the name of Jesus, God. I was a youth pastor, so you can do that when you're a youth pastor. I kicked that trash can. When it fell and hit the altar and spilled out, something broke. And those young people, and they started dancing and shouting and victory. What had them bound was instantly set free. Uh, I tell you, in the fear of God, one of them came to me and said, we would have powerful Sunday night services. It would be over before we get to Tuesday. We couldn't keep the fire going. They said, because after a Sunday night powerful worship service, we would go down to the park and open the doors of the car and listen to Sunday night rock. That's what they would do as a group. You can't have both. You can't have the world and the favor of the king. I'll take it even further. You can't have carnality and authority over the devil. But you give me somebody that will say, you take this whole world, but give me Jesus. You give me God. I don't want to rush what the Lord's doing. I know when I hit the clock, I've been preaching long enough. But I feel like somebody needs to make a covenant tonight. I'm cleaning out my house. I'm cleaning out my phone. I'm deleting some trash out of my mind, off of my playlist. Come on, out of the video area of my heart. I'm getting rid of some things that are, you know what it is, the Holy Ghost. I wish somebody would put your hands over your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence for how to become the issues of life. I wish somebody would bow before the Lord and empty yourself out of everything that's not like Him. Come on, surrender that to the Lord and you'll have victory over your emotions. Surrender.
I want everybody to press as close as you can. Come on, I'm preaching to the body tonight. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. I want you to press.
Come on, I want everybody, everybody in the building right now to lift your hands and say, Lord, I surrender everything to you that's not like you. Hallelujah. Come on, there is great victory happening all over this building. <laughs> God, I'll give up everything that's not pleasing to you. I surrender everything, God, that you don't want in my life. I'm going to give no place to the devil. I give no place to the enemy. your voice with a shout tonight. I want you to lift your voice. Everybody in the building, lift your voice with a shout. If you're not standing, stand. But jump to your feet, clap your hands, and shout with a voice of triumph tonight. The Lord has forgiven you. He, you are his bride. You are his bride tonight. Come on, you're his bride. You are his bride tonight. Come on, that's it. If you feel like dancing, dance. If you feel like leaping, leap. If you feel like lifting your voice, lift your voice, but respond. Come on, let there be a victory in this building. Let there be a shout in this building. Heaven is coming down. Let the King of Glory come amongst us. For the King of Glory has come in this room tonight. I said the King of Glory is here tonight. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is in this building. Whatever you need, he's going to grant your petition. He's going to give you authority. That's it. I want you to worship the way you feel. Come on, don't stop what God is doing. I want you to praise him. I want you to shout. I want you to magnify him tonight.
In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come here, Bishop. I want everybody to listen to me. Why don't you stand right here, Bishop? Esther, watch. Everybody say, fear of God. Fear of God. Say, fear of the king. There was this call of God. She went before the king. Callings are always fulfilled through prayer. Prayer is an access. Prayer is an access. The Bible says that we enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Don't ever underestimate the power of a praising church. Come on, it allow, it's the door to his presence. It's the door to the throne. I wish somebody would clap your hands, shout. For the king of glory is here. Hallelujah. Woo! How many feel the victory I'm preaching about right now? Esther, are you listening? There's the fear of God. There's the call of God. But watch what happens. It's when the king, after Haman is hung. Haman's dead. Everybody say, Haman's dead. Not only. Watch. I'll be here because I feel a prophetic spirit coming on me right now. Haman was an Agagite. He was a descendant of Agag. Which means what Saul should have killed. He let live long enough to have a child. That produced a descendant named Haman the Agagite. Which was the enemy of all the Jews. Saul was a descendant of Kish. Esther was a descendant of Kish. She was of the same lineage. And what his generation didn't do, God was going to give her the authority to do. The anointing that was upon Saul, the anointing that was upon David, is the anointing that's going to be upon your generation. You have power to take down giants. You have power to stop the enemy. It's the anointing. You are not a defeated people. You are the bride of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Here's what's going to happen. I want everybody to listen. I'm about to take my seat. I'll step out of the way. But he, watch, fear of of God, call of God. And then watch what happens next. It's not Esther going into the throne room saying, King, will you do this for me? Watch. The king comes to her and says, Is there anything you like, anything else you'd like me to do? What went from her? Fearfully going to the king 
when he said half the kingdom is yours, watch the next step of the progression of faith. It's no longer her going to him. It's the king coming to her and saying, what do you want me to do? There is a place in God that God trusts you with your prophecy. He trusts you with authority. I'm preaching to you. All of this begging God stuff is over. I've got dominion. I've got authority. I can speak it into existence. You can't have my children. You can't have my city. It's called dominion. Remember this. I want you to remember this. There was a day that the Bible says that Joshua was in the midst of a battle and he turns toward the sun. He did not say, God, will you stop the sun? Because there's a place in God, it's called dominion. It's where God trusts you with his authority. And the Bible says he stopped, he pointed at the sun, he said, I command the sun to stand still. And the Bible said there was a never a day like this day that God hearkened to the voice of a man. I'm asking some preacher in this building, what do you want the king to do? I'm asking a mother in this building, what do you want God to do? I'm asking some young person here, what do you want God to do? Bishop, countries that have never been open to us are going to open. Did you hear me? You're going to step on the soil. And princes that have been there for years are going to come to you and say, please let me go. There's power. There's power. There's power. I said there's power over cancer. There's power over addiction. There's power over strong spirits. There's power over suicide. He said, what do you want me to do? Watch what the quick, the meek, quiet, fearful bride said. She said, hang all, nine of, uh, all ten of his sons. Hold on a minute. Hold on. What happened to you? You, you should just think God was trying to kill you now. Now you got an attitude. Now she, you got an attitude. She said, kill all ten of his sons. Hang them all. What she said was, hang them all. What she was saying, I don't want anything left like Saul did with Agag. We're not just going to have a weak revival. We're going to have a perpetual move of God. We're not just going to baptize three people every now and then, every single week. We're going to have a breakthrough every single county. There's going to be a church planted. Every ethnicity up and it doesn't matter, God. Wants to give the victory. And this is what she said. She said, King, the letters have been sent. I want you to tell, I want you to tell him, say, the, the letters have been sent to destroy all of our people and all 127 nations. We need 
the curse reversed. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Yes, sir. Y'all ready for pizza and ice cream? No, I know who I'm talking to. There's somebody ready for a breakthrough right now. That's what you're saying. I feel it. I'm almost there. Listen. Where's Mordecai? Come here. You were broken. You were broken. There's a preacher in this room that's broken. By the end of the week, you're not going to be broken and interceding. Yes, sir. Grant it, Lord. No longer be. It's not going to be sackcloth and weeping. Your chin's not going to be between your knees. In agony. It's about to change. Because the king, at her request, takes the crown off of his head. And places it on Mordecai's head. He takes the green that was on Haman's hand. And he places it on Mordecai's hand. That means... Whatever he says is going to come to pass. There is a place in holiness and trust with God that whatever you speak will happen. Here it is. Are you all ready? When we pray for people, We've always prayed, God, I'm asking you to please heal them of cancer. But in dominion, you don't command God. You say, I command the cancer to leave your body in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. You'll see it if you believe it. I command diabetes to leave your body. I command the tumor to disappear. I command that. Come on, I'm telling you, I'm talking about the church that God has given dominion over every spirit, over every sickness, over every affliction. I wish somebody right now would take authority and dominion. How many feel free right now? How many feel victory right now? There's angels that are in this room right now. I want you to lay your hand on your neighbor, and I want you to start praying for them. I want you to start speaking life over there. I want you to speak with authority. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
Shalamondo rekeshatala mohoshe reketahe akatayehe hirakatana rachakoro mohosa kedeyehetaha. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Sikiri hasatara mahayehe. Iheria hasatara mahakatayaha. I want every pastor to come and stand right here, if you will. Every pastor. Every pastor to come and stand here. I want every pastor to come and line up right here on these steps. How, how old are you? Yeah, you're not too young. The souls don't come in sizes or ages. It comes in faith. And the moment you believe that God can do great things in you, great things can happen in you. You've got to believe in you. Submit to your pastor. There's a call of God. Oh, well, you mean to look at me. So I'm under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. The devil is an intimidator. He says one thing because he knows another. There's a prophetic touch of God in here tonight. Brother, I, my, y'all feel the gifts of the Spirit want to operate here tonight. The gifts of the Spirit are in this room. The body needs to minister to the body. Gifts of the Spirit are here. Open, open your heart and say, Lord, I, I want you to speak to us tonight. Spirit of prophecies in this room. Listen, listen to me for a minute. There is, there's this verse. There's this verse. Sister, would you come? Would you come here? I I don't I I don't know why that I'm calling you out, but the Lord the Lord heard you tonight, and uh, you are not always going to be broken. There's victory. Come on, I I don't know you. I don't know your name. I want you to look at me. I want you to look. Look, I don't even know why I'm saying this. 
but, but you know, Hannah, the Bible says, was bitterly broken to have a child. She interceded for a son. But listen, her intercession only lasted so long until the Bible says that her, her sad countenance was no more. And chapter 2 of 1 Samuel goes into what is known as Hannah's song. What has been a brokenness in your life is going to turn into a rejoicing in your future. Do you believe that? I want you to start praising him and believing him. Speak it and prophesy it. Come on somebody. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. Joy is coming in the morning. Come on, would you rejoice for your sister? Would you rejoice for your brother? Somebody say amen. amen. Listen, listen, listen. I say this in, in my ear. In, in my ear, I keep day after day for months, I've heard the voice of, a, of an old black preacher. And this is why I hear him saying it's a line from an old apostolic Pentecostal song, 100 years old. It's called The Waterway. And there's a line in that song that says this. There shall be light in the evening time. I'm going I'm to I'm be done in just a moment, but hear me. Exodus 10 says, while they were in Egypt, that the plague of darkness came. And could be felt. Don't mistake your emotions when you are feeling the darkness around you. But don't stop there. The Bible says the Egyptians could not see each other's faces. They didn't move for three days. Why am I saying this tonight? They were they were they were demobilized. Couldn't move for three days. Pastors, I tell you in the Lord, some of you have been almost paralyzed with where you are because you can feel the darkness. You can feel it. But the darkness is not you. It's what's around you. But here's, here's it. Here it is. This is what the Bible tells us. It says there was darkness in the land of Egypt. They couldn't see each other's faces. They didn't move for three days. But there was light in the houses of the children of Israel. Come on, there's a Holy Ghost fire in this room tonight. And there's some pastor about to get a renewed anointing. I feel that right now. God's going to give you authority over the darkness. Would you lift your hands and receive the Lord?
Come on, one more time. Would you lift your voices? Lift your hands to the Lord. Lay your hands on Come on, I want you to stretch your hand toward these pastors right now. Stretch your hands one more time in the name of the Lord Jesus.